1: Today, I'm going to share with you one of the most essential components or pieces of the happy retiree formula. If talking about money and happy retiree habits were divided into, let's call it two categories the spinach, which is the number crunching, and the candy, which is the, let's call it the softer, more fun side of planning, today is all candy. And I'm about to share with you four happy retiree secrets of social connectedness. I'm Wes Moss. The prevailing thought in America is that you'll never have enough money and it's almost impossible to retire early. Actually, I think the opposite is true. For more than 20 years, I've been researching, studying, and advising American families, including those who started late, on how to retire sooner and happier. So my mission with the Retire Sooner podcast is to help a million people retire earlier while enjoying the adventure along the way. I'd love for you to be one of them. Let's get started. In our relentless approach to trying to make sure our audience understands these critically important habits of happy retirees versus unhappy retirees. I continue to do research around this topic, surveys and research and data collection and data analysis, try to figure out what works, what doesn't work from a habit perspective. And look, I'm not Oprah, but I also understand how important the social side of retirement planning is and the habits socially for connectedness. I was originally interested in this when I was able to interview one of my favorite authors, Dan Buettner from Blue Zones, who went around the world and found the five places that people live the longest and wrote about what they all have in common. Well, social connectedness was an enormous part of living a long life. So it it is something that literally is something to do with our health. If we're socially connected, it's better for our health. We live longer. Longevity. The Japanese call this in Okinawa, Japan, something called MOAs, which are lifelong friend groups. It's a group of, think about if your golf buddies stayed together until you died, five of you. Now, that's, that's a fivesome, not a foursome. But I wanted to talk about those study findings today. I, for my book that's coming out this fall, What the Happiest Retirees Know, there's a whole chapter devoted to this topic around social connectedness and the social habits of happy retirees versus unhappy retirees. And I'll start with the bottom line, which is social connections are an absolute essential to the whole formula, to the, to the, re- the HROP formula. HROP, happiest retiree on block. Happiest retirees, this is part of the formula. It's one of the 10. You cannot skip this part. Not only do close connections help us live longer, like we read about in Dan Buettner's book or work in Blue Zones, but they are a primary ingredient for the happy retiree. All the money in the world without a social epicenter and the chances of staying a happy retiree drop dramatically. Here are the four main points I want to go over today when it comes to this. So here is my... I call this a social Rx or this social prescription for the happy retiree. Number one is maintain three or more close social connections. Number two, visit. Visit with those connections at least once a month. Number three, belong to at least one organized social group. And number four, and this is, I, I really, it's three plus this. This one is a is a social connected turbocharger for when it comes to happiness. And that is this, travel with friends. Traveling with friends, I don't know why this is the case, but it, it, the research shows how important this is. Now, what does this have to do with retire sooner? Well, of course it has something to do with retire sooner because if you're going to retire soon, you have even more time in the world not working And it becomes even more difficult to stay socially connected if you're not working. There's studies that bear that out. And if you're going to retire early, of course, you want to have your maximum or peak happiness. And that's what this is all about. So let's get to it. Maintaining three or more social connections. This is the first piece of the equation. And this is something that really struck me. If you go back to some of the research from Dan Buettner from Blue Zones, Dan and his team kind of brought this to my attention is that if you go back to the, let's call it the 1990s, before social media, Americans reported that they had, on average, about three close connections or cl- three close people in their social network. And I, and I think of it this way. A close connection is someone that you can, you will confide in. There's a close connection, let's define that, is someone that you will tell really good news to and really bad news to. That, that's a close social connection. That's a true friend. And if you go back to the 1990s, and Americans reported, on average, about three. What's fascinating to me is this world of social media where now we all have hundreds or thousands of friends on social media. That's dropped now down to around 1.7. So I've gone from three close social connections or three close relationships, friendships, down to less than two over the last, let's call it 30 years or so. So first of all, I think this is a problem and it's clear that it has an impact on retirement happiness. And here are some of these research findings. Three is the magic number. At least three close connections and friendships at all times is the number that represents kind of this what I would call the baseline, or the median size of a Rob social network. So happiest retirees on the block maintain about three or more close connections. Four, if you get to four, four close connections increases the likelihood of being happy being a happy retiree by two times. And five social connections increases the likelihood by 4x. If your social network drops to two or less, then your HROB chances drop by 55%, or you're more than 2.2 times more likely to be an unhappy retiree. Here are the core numbers. The average happy retiree has 3.6 close connections. Yes, that just so happens to be the same number of core pursuits. Can't make this stuff up, folks. That's what the research shows. 3.6 close connections. The unhappy group averages 2.6. So there's something about that magic three number that I think is so important to maintain. Now, number two, how often do you have to see this group? Well, we're all guilty of having good friends or close friends from the past and not being able to get together or see them. We're also guilty of having close friends that are in town and still being too busy and work too much and too busy to go see them. Here's what's interesting. Happy retirees make a concerted effort to see this group, these social connections, on a regular basis. Once a year or even a few times a year, according to my research, doesn't cut it. Once you have your three-plus social circle or close social context, it's critical to make an effort and spend time seeing that group on average at least once a month. Now, as, as an aside to that, before we get to the next two, I think it's also important to note that we're not going to all end up like the Okinawans, where we have a, these, these, this group of friends and we were bonded together for, for life. We don't necessarily have a Moa-style culture here in the United States. So social connectedness is something that has to continue to be cultivated. Sometimes people just plain move away. Sometimes couples just get divorced. Sometimes people just get sick and die. And as morbid as that sounds, we all know that that is the way the world works. And just because you've created a lasting friendship doesn't necessarily mean it's going to last forever, forever. So, this next piece of the equation here goes back to the thought that this is an ongoing, lifelong process. And having three close friends is not the destination where it ends, it's really where social connectedness begins. So, we have to continue to maintain this and maintain the thought of just how important to our health, to our happiness, and to our lives, prioritizing how much time and effort and thought you put into maintaining a social network. Which leads me to number three. Belong to at least one organized social group. Again, there's there's real power in this one. And our research shows us that happy retirees belong to at least one organized social, or at least semi-organized social group which creates what I call a social epicenter. And that social epicenter gives you a foundation to be able to continue to cultivate new relationships and better and stronger relationships. The research shows that eight belong to at least one organized group. It could be any group. It doesn't matter what the group is. Could be church group, could be a running group, a walking group, a tennis group, a pickleball group, a civic group, or a hobby, or or music, or horse riding, or charitable group. The kind of group and the level of which it's organized, from our research, it doesn't really matter. What matters is that you participate in one. Now, here's the math behind it. Belonging to one group increases the likelihood of being a happy retiree by 1.7 times, or call it 70% more likely. Belonging to two or more groups, between two and five groups, increases the average likelihood of being an HROB by hundred and ten percent, so two times more likely. Again, we know that social connectedness, and, and I go back to an article that really hit me one day, in The Wall Street Journal, called the "The Case Against Early Retirement," and I was I was up in arms when I read it, and I said, "Of course you can retire early. Don't say you can't." But really, what the article ultimately said is it it ended up talking about things like social connected. If you don't have it in retirement, then it can make for High rate of mortality so it's a terrible thing if you're not socially connected in retirement And the article shows research that tells us that after we leave work which again it serves as a real social epicenter to most americans it creates a real vacuum once that again if you think about work you've got this catalyst of multiple tangential groups of people clients and colleagues and friends Once that epicenter is gone, sometimes it's just difficult to recreate it and recreate those connections that lead to more connections. And I think that's why it's so important to be still, particularly in retirement or getting to retirement, know that it's so important to be part of one of these groups. For example, there's this wonderfully well-known and popular brewery here in the city I live in, in Atlanta. It's called the Monday Night Brewery. It's got a couple locations here in Atlanta, in the Atlanta area. And the story, though, behind Monday Night Brewery goes something like this. Three guys, they met at church, by the way, Jeff, Joel, and Jonathan, they met, they meet at church, and they formed this men's group, or just a men's church group. Now, as they got to know each other, they realized that they all had this passion <laughs> for brewing beer as a, as a hobby. And I don't think it's just an Atlanta thing. I think that, that this is all over the country, but it is certainly popular here in the Southeast. So after a few years of kind of gradually, casually talking about, hey, I, this is how I brew and this is how you brew. And we do this once in a while. We've gone to each other's homemade shift breweries. Now the three friends say, wait a minute, guys. Let's, let's actually pull some money together and start our own brewery. And let's call it Monday Night Brewery. Their love for hops and craft beer Uh, typically with kind of these silly names and I think they're one of the really early adopters of this concept of hey you can go to a brewery they make beer there then they have all these funny hippy dippy names for the beer like big fish head beer or stable of yarn beer or flannel shirt beer you've heard of these things Our marketing director and producer here, Mallory, she loves these things. She loves these crazy name beers that they taste awful, most of them. But I will say I've been a little bit of a convert over over many years. I've been more of just an American down the fairway beer drinker, if you will. Came from Pennsylvania. And if you ask me what kind of beer I'd like, I'd probably say Yingling. Nothing fancy about that. But pretty recently, I was in Asheville, North Carolina, and went to one of those early breweries that's still around and realized, wow, this is some pretty good stuff. It's not all this weird stuff made out of horse shoes. There's some real decent product out there. So I'm, I'm not as against the brewery movement as I maybe used to be. But The point here is, that this, is a, this is a great example of three guys that get together in one epicenter, the church group. Then they become friends and they start get yet another epicenter, which is a brewery, which is now another place for people to convene, socialize, and grow their own social network. So it's really this concept of activity leads to activity, and this is in every facet of our life, particularly when it comes to socialization. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and six one since that matters, and What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble
0: with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating
1: safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Now for the turbocharger, or the socialization turbocharger. And it has to do with travel. Travel, particularly with friends. I don't know exactly where this came from, but there, this seems to be the secret sauce of the a If you go back to the research and look at who reported that they, quote, never travel with friends, that group is much less likely to fall into the happy camp. Here's the good news. With just one trip a year, so all it takes is one trip, makes you two times more likely to land in the a camp. Now, again, these are just my, the data is the data. This is the, that's what the research shows me. My theory on that, and this is just a theory, we don't know exactly why this data comes back as it is, but I think it's, in my opinion, this one's pretty clear. In the world that we live in, despite social media and all the things that connect us, it's not easy to get closely connected with anybody. It takes time. And as busy as we are in the world, you've got lots of kids, you've got job or jobs and spouse and children and schools it's sports it's hard to get to know anybody literally just from a time perspective i think what traveling with friends does number one you're almost forced first of all to be social by the very nature of actually committing to going on a trip even if it's we're calling two three days so number one you already have to have the propensity to be able to be somewhat social to even organize one of these things number one number two There's nothing like being away out of town with a group of friends. You might spend more time in three days with those friends than you do in a year when it comes to backyard barbecues or an hour or two at Monday Night Brewery. So there's some real power when it comes to this concept of, hey, let's actually get together. Let's figure out where we're going to go. We're going to anticipate the trip and then we're going to go. Then we're going to have memories to talk about that trip. And I think part of this concept comes into focus in what the happiest retirees know. As another one of our favorite client families that we've worked with at our firm for many, many years, sent a picture, and I call him Safari Sam in the book, about he and his wife traveling with a big group of their friends on an African safari. They had so much fun on the safari. When they got back, they sent us all these photos from... Africa and elephants running around, giraffes, and they had th- just the time of their life. Imagine how close that group is now, that almost dozen, or that dozen or more folks. Imagine the close connections that they made by that adventure. Powerful. And this one's a lot of work. It's a, like core pursuits. You can't just wake up one morning and say, we have four core pursuits. It takes time. You can't just wake up one morning and say, okay, I'm going to go out and be social and get three close connections. It doesn't work that way. So just like so many of the happy retiree habits, they are lifelong pursuits that take effort, takes time, it takes cultivation, but you know what? It's so worth it. And this is a fun one. This is arguably a lot more fun than budgeting on the weekends or worrying about paying for college when the tuition bills come due, this one is for you. So give yourself the permission, you and your spouse, that it's not just a nice to have, hey, when I get around to it, this is an essential, just like it is putting money into the 401k, just like it's essential having your core, four core pursuits, your social connectedness circle is vital for your future retirement happiness, number one. And who can argue with the longevity piece of the equation? vital for your health. So get to it, get social, join a group, and better yet, go on a trip.
0: Hey y'all, this is Mallory with the Retire Sooner team. Please be sure to rate and subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. If you have any questions, you can find us at westmoss.com. That's W-E-S-M-O-S-S.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and YouTube. You'll find us under the handle Retire Sooner Podcast. And now for our show's disclosure. information.